0: The epistle for this third Mass of Christmas Day is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Hebrews. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke in times past to the fathers by the prophets, last of all in these days has spoken to us by his Son, whom he has appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the world, who being the brightness of his glory and the figure of his substance, and upholding all things by the word of his power, makes purgation of sins, sits on the right hand of the majesty on high, being made so much better than the angels, as he has inherited a more excellent name than they. For to which of his angels had he said at any time, Thou art my son, today I have begotten thee. And again, I will be to him a father, and he shall be to me a son. And again, when he brings in the first begotten into the world, he says, Let all the angels of God adore him. And to the angels, indeed, he says, He that makes his angels spirits and his ministers a flame of fire. But to the Son, thy throne, O God, is forever and ever. A a scepter of justice is the scepter of thy kingdom. Thou hast loved justice and hated iniquity. Therefore, God thy God has anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. And thou in the beginning, O Lord, didst found the earth, and the works of thy hands are the heavens. They shall perish, but thou shalt continue, and they shall all grow old as a garment." And as a vesture, thou shalt change them, and they shall be changed. But thou art the self-same, and thy years shall not fail. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the first chapter of the Gospel of St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. All things were made by him. and Without him was made nothing that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to give testimony of the light that all men might believe through him. He was not the light. but was to give testimony of the light. That was the true light which enlightens every man that comes into this world. He was in the world, and the world was made by him, and the world knew him not. He came unto his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him, to them he gave power to be made sons of God, to them that believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word was made flesh and dwelt amongst us, and we saw his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and of truth. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Dear Reverend Father, dear faithful, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. When we contemplate this great mystery of Christmas Day, it's important that we start there at this last gospel, which today, on Christmas Day, is the first gospel You know that on Christmas, there are three Masses, and each of them commemorate a certain birth, as it were, of our Lord Jesus Christ. The first Mass commemorates His birth into this world. The second Mass, His birth into our souls. And the third Mass, this Mass that you are assisting at right now, commemorates, as it were, His eternal birth, His eternal generation from the Father. And that is where we must start today in order to contemplate this mystery of Christmas. We must start in eternity. We must think about that time when nothing at all existed whatsoever except for God, where God dwelt in his eternity before there was any material creation whatsoever. And he has this ineffable interior life wherein God is so perfect that the expression of his own knowledge within himself is his very being, is of the same nature as himself, is a divine person. And the expression of the love of God within himself is so perfect that it is also his very being that shares his very existence, his own nature, is also a divine person. God was perfectly fulfilled in himself, even though nothing existed besides him. There was nothing that was lacking to him. And yet, in his infinite wisdom, he decided that he would create other things distinct from himself, that he would bring into being by a single act of his will, an entire universe, this universe which we occupy which is so overwhelming, that has these billions of galaxies, has trillions of stars. We know that he decided as well to create life. He didn't just want for there to be inanimate things, things which is sort of, you know, you know how inanimate things work. They They interact just by sort of slamming into one another. They do not have the power of self-movement, the power to direct themselves towards things that are outside of them. So God gives souls, gives the power of self-movement to these higher beings, plants and animals and, of course, us. And all of this is an incredible thing. The, the creation of God, the desire of God to make other things beside himself, even though he is absolutely and utterly fulfilled within himself. He has no need of any other thing to fulfill him. And of course, he could have stopped there. He could have left it there. He could have sort of emitted, created, sustained in existence all of these other things and left them to pursue merely natural goals. You Think about, well, if you had some parents that, that were raising some children. And during the course of their childhood, they communicated to their children uh, various skills that they would need to make it in life. And when they came of age, when they were 18 or 21 or whatever, and they said to them, "Okay, I've given you the capacity to, to live your life. Now go, have a good life. Pursue your goals. God could have made it such with us, that he left us and, well, the rest of creation to pursue what we may call the ends of the universe, the purposes of nature. But his wisdom wanted something more than that. And this is what we celebrate today on this feast, the fact that God wanted as well to unite us with him, not just to create us and send us off to do human things, but to bring us back to himself so that we, limited, poor limited creatures, could somehow participate in the very life of God, in that life of God which has existed from all eternity. And it's so difficult for me to speak about this. This mystery is so high Yet it concerns the very meaning of our existence. This truth is the most important truth of your life, the truth that you must try to grasp as best as you can and to live by as best you can. The fact that God wants to unite himself with you, that he has made you for him, to dwell with him, to live his life for all eternity. Because this is so difficult to speak about, it's a mystery that's so sublime, I must call upon a text of the liturgy to assist me. One of these famous o-antiphons that appear in Advent in the seven days that precede Christmas Eve, there are antiphons for Vespers, special antiphons that the church uses. They're just little prayers, very short prayers. Each one of them addresses our Lord Jesus Christ and gives him a certain title. And the very first one that appears on December the 17th says to him basically this, O wisdom, you who came forth from the mouth of the Most High, you who touch from one end to the other, you who order all things strongly and sweetly, come to teach us the way of prudence. What is happening on Christmas Day? Something wise. We know that the wise man is someone who is able to see from a very high level. He has a vantage point that is higher than other people, a vantage point that is so high that in a sense we, we may say that he's able to see all things. He's, he has a grasp of the whole. And what this antiphon is saying to us that the wisdom of God is, is not just that he, he grasps all things, that he has all knowledge, knowledge, but his wisdom also touches all things. He touches from one end to the other on the one end you have his eternal infinite existence and on the other hand you have his finite limited creation which is as nothing compared to himself and it's for god's wisdom to order everything everything between we may say his his own infinite existence where there are those three persons of equal substance of Equal perfection, equal knowledge and love. And then outside of him, that chaos that is spoken of by Genesis, this universe that, this, that he has created, this world that he needs to set in order strongly and sweetly. He does that. His wisdom does that. He does it strongly by giving to this universe those ironclad laws of nature by which nature obeys. From the very first moment of time, nature has obeyed these laws that God has set for the universe and has bound the universe, in which the universe will never disobey. Laws that I say have been executed flawlessly from the beginning of time. They put order into our universe. This is how God orders the universe strongly. And on this Christmas day, our Lord sets the, the universe in order sweetly. He touches from one end to the other by uniting his infinite divine existence to a limited human nature so that, as I say, he can bring creation Back to himself, God becomes a human child, such that there is in this little child somehow both eternity and time. There is both infinite riches and extreme poverty. There is both, somehow, the whole universe. He contains the whole universe, and yet he also sleeps in a manger. There is all power, yet great weakness. In this Christ child, both ends meet so that the universe may be ordered sweetly and brought back to God himself. If our Lord does this, if he be He takes on this incredible form of a tiny infant, he does it to give us the power to know him, love him, and serve him in this life so that we can be happy forever with him in heaven. As I say, this is the most significant fact of your life. This is what gives meaning to your life. This is your very purpose, this little child, that he came down on this earth in order to unite you with God. That is the meaning of your being, and it's what we celebrate on this Christmas Day. This is why you are here at this Mass on Christmas Day, why you took time out to wake up in the morning and to travel here. And if I may say, this is why you are here at this particular Mass, the traditional Mass, not the new Mass, because you understand that this Mass is a Mass that connects you, unites you with God, while that other Mass, to the degree that it follows the Spirit in which it was made, does not do so. That Mass was not made for that purpose. It was made to please men. It was made as an ecumenical gesture to non-Catholics. It did not have the glory of God and the union of the faithful with God as its primary purpose. And the fruits are evident with the loss of faith by so many who attend that Mass on a regular basis. Whereas this Mass, it maintains the two extremes. It maintains us in our limited, fallen condition. It reminds us of our sinfulness, of our lowliness, as well as the transcendence of God that guides infinitely above us And it brings these two extremes together. It orders us towards our end, towards our goal, our purpose. We address our Lord on this day. and We say to him, O wisdom, you who touch from one end to the other and order all things strongly and sweetly, teach us the way of prudence, the way of prudence is to follow this child, to kneel before this child and ask him to guide you in such a way that you live his life as he lived it. That above all, we imitate this desire of God to unite us with himself. If he does all this, if he is in the incarnate wisdom and he manifests this wisdom by going to such links to unite us with him, we must do the same thing. We must make that effort to unite ourselves with God. And we know that this incarnation of God, one thing that it makes possible is a union with God that we could never dream of, and hopefully is our joy and happiness in this life that we have the capacity of receiving our Lord Jesus Christ in the most blessed sacrament, in Holy Communion. Today on this Christmas Day, we have the blessing of of having two young girls who are going to receive their first communion. They are going to receive our Lord in themselves for the very first time, to have that more intimate union with God that is made possible by this blessed sacrament. And hopefully it's a reminder to us of the day of our own First Communion, the dispositions of our soul, how excited we were to have this gift, to be able to approach the communion rail and to be taught, to be told by our teachers that, yes, our Lord, He wants to come to you. He wants to come inside of you. He wants to be with you. He wants to draw you to himself sweetly through this divine invention of the most blessed sacrament. How joyful we were to approach that communion rail, receive our Lord, and go back to our pew and say to him all that was on our heart. On this Christmas day of 2021, when we receive our Lord in the blessed sacrament, Above all, we must have this desire to accomplish what he has made us for, that we really, really want to be close to him. We want to be united with God. You must not think that he does not want it. He's gone so far to prove to you that this is what he wants. He became so little so that he would not be intimidating, so that you would not hesitate to approach him. But you must have this disposition, this desire in your heart, this love in your heart to want to be with him as well. That's what you girls must want. You must have that, that really intense desire when you speak to our Lord and you receive your first communion here in just a few minutes, just to, to ask him to, to be close to him to help him, to ask him to, to lead you to heaven and to all that you are supposed to accomplish in this life. And of course, we must do all these things through the most blessed Virgin Mary. Our Lord chose her to be his mother, and there is no creature that is closer to God than her. Our Lady, who bore him for nine months and brings him forth on this day, is so close to God that all who go to God must go to Him through her because she is the first creature, the one through whom God came to this earth. She is also the one through whom we must go to Him. And if we ask her to, to create in our soul, to, to make in our soul those dispositions that, that are most perfect for receiving Him, she we'll definitely ask of God this grace for us so that this Christmas Day, on this Christmas Day, through our devout and fervent communion, we may draw ever closer to this Christ child, the incarnate wisdom, our Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.